to have some uh, energy left. Um, <laughs> I'll bombard you a little bit with uh, more um, quotes, more diagrams, and more concepts. So I hope that you have uh, motivation enough to endure that. Uh, let me just find it. Yes, I think the last point actually is very um, precise uh, in relation to this. Um, where, do, where should the resources come from? Because many supervisors do not necessarily feel it as their, uh, the extra workload. However, um, I'm, I, yeah, I don't think there's any easy answer to that. And that's maybe also what we can discuss. If the support that students need, how, how could it actually be uh, integrated into the uh, into the doctorate system or graduate system, where who, who should uh, have the responsibility? So I'll also talk about feedback uh, and social support systems, but that are um, beyond the what you sometimes call the um, the um, professional support, professional feedback around the on the product and on the thesis. I'll talk about. Um, sub different support systems that operate uh, beyond the uh, beyond the, the feedback on, on the thesis or on the uh, on the product and the and the need for that. Firstly, I'll just try to I showed these in in Wales as well, um, just to get us started. Trying to how do we really conceptualize uh, support systems uh, in graduate education? Um, this is a model from maybe a book that you know, Brown and Atkins, late eighties. One of the first textbooks uh, is a textbook on uh, teaching and learning in higher education, and it has a chapter on uh, supervision, doctoral supervision. So it's actually a chapter in a textbook which was quite uh, early, uh, it, it, quite uh, a, a new take on doctoral education at the time that you started to, uh, to professionalize it in, in that way. And here we see that uh, the support is an interpersonal, this describes it as, as an interpersonal relationship between the student. Singular student, singular supervisor. So it's two individuals that have uh, sort of a working uh, relationship, and the support seems to needs to be uh, going on between them. And the resources are allocated to the supervisor, so the supervisor can uh, fuse the relationship with the resources from this hazy grey background of the postgraduate system, whatever that meant at that time. I don't think it has had any clear meaning what the postgraduate system uh, was really about. Uh, what was uh, supporting which support systems uh, that were active outside the supervisor student relationship? Uh, almost 20 years after, uh, we have a model by Lynn McAlpine, Judith Norton, that described doctoral education as the very much embedded within or nested in other contexts. So the supervisor student relationship is just one tiny bit of an embedded structure uh, within the department. So the um, the extent to which the supervisor can support a student depends on the department strategy and the department policy, how many uh, work hours are allocated to supervisors so they can give feedback and all the amazing things that Kate just showed us, how much can actually be realized by supervisors is also uh, being um, decided by uh, someone else. So it's embedded within an institutional structure and it's embedded within a societal and political context uh, that also um, between the shifting uh, governments um, decide how many resources should be given to universities and so on and so forth. So it becomes much more complex. Uh, ten years uh, ahead again, we see this is a recent study by Deli Elliott at the University of Glasgow and her research team focusing not so much on the 
formal structure of graduate schools, but on the informal structure, or what she calls, or they call, uh, third spaces, and the ecology that surrounds um, doctoral students. So doctoral students are not just, it's not just a matter of um, making the resources um, available within the institution, their motivation and their, uh, the probability of them completing their research is very much to do with the support systems beyond the institutions, uh, peer networks or professional networks and support from their family and friends, uh, which has been shown in uh, other studies as well amongst uh, others. Uh, again, a study, study by Lynn McAlpine that shows that doctoral students, when they're really in crisis, they don't go to their supervisor for that kind of support because it's not about a crisis in relation to how they should uh, generate a new insight into their study. It's about regaining faith in their work, regaining momentum uh, and, uh, and a drive into their work. And oftentimes, not supervisors, of course they're important, they're central, but um, other support systems that are more, um, uh, more hidden maybe, or again, more uh, difficult to, uh, to, to, to see uh, make, uh, make a real di uh, di difference. Daily Elliott uh, causes uh, third spaces, for example, it could be for international doctoral <laughs> students, uh, working in uh, certain uh, sports uh, unions, or sports clubs, uh, in local community work, NGOs, uh, working at a cafe or a pub helps the international student understand the culture that they become part of, uh, helping them learn the language and give them a motivation into their uh, research projects and help them um, or uh, let them uh, say to themselves, I can actually master this, I can actually understand this language, I can fit into this culture by uh, what takes place outside the university context. So we see a lot of things that are very important for doctoral students and of course we could uh, say to ourselves we already know that, we already knew this, um, but more and more studies highlight how important it is and also the question comes what should supervisors do about this, if anything, what should the graduate system do about the knowledge that maybe even, uh, this, even though that we uh, develop and quality assure the supervision pedagogy and the supervision practices, we don't really have pay any attention or not much attention to how we could uh, integrate and how we can activate uh, in third spaces support systems. So this presentation uses the concept of the penumbra a little bit in the same manner as the uh, previous presentation. The penumbra is the where the lights sort of um, uh, disappears and it becomes more uh, more hidden what goes on from the institution's point of view. So you can't really look into those spaces. You know they're active but you can't really know what's going on. So this, uh, you could also say the penumbra is about the formal and informal uh, support systems meeting each other or the curricular and extracurricular domains become uh, embedded within each other. Um, and uh, this has also been described as a tangled form of support. Uh, it includes the help from mentors, uh, coaches, guardian supervisors, from staff uh, that are not assigned to support this individual doctoral student, but still nevertheless plays an important role in, for example, translating, helping with the facilities, uh, introducing to the right uh, networks and so on and so forth. So these, uh, these uh, unofficial support systems are, are very important to students. What do we do with that knowledge? How do we uh, integrate it into maybe also our 
uh, educational, uh, more formalized educational domains. Is that realistic? Sorry? I was going to say, is that actually realistic though? Yeah, yeah, if it is, yes, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, uh, but let's, di let's discuss that uh, at the end. Is it realistic and how could we it be done realistically? What's possible? I, I, d I definitely don't have the answer, uh, but I, I'll just point to you to your awareness to studies that uh, that highlight the importance of these networks. Um, so, firstly, um, different examples like the previous presentation of the penumbra, the family support. This is a doctoral student that uh, very tragically uh, there was a, a sudden uh, death in the family, and the student was, as she says here, totally uh, thrown off. Uh, she went back to her home country, attended the funeral, felt the pain, and was together with, uh, with her family. And um, she knew that she had to communicate that to her supervisor, so of course she told it to her supervisor that she wouldn't be taking up any work just uh, the uh, next coming weeks. And so after a month, she returned to the, uh, to the, uh, to the country, to the university again, and in the uh, supervision that followed, this was not mentioned by the supervisor, and as she, she, she says here, because the supervisor knew about it, and she knew that, that he knew about it, so they didn't have to discuss it, but it, because it wasn't his job to deal with that. It, his job was to support her on her research. And that could be, of course, of a discussion uh, in itself. But my point is that it, it makes somewhat sense, and it's a very delicate thing to move into, to go into as a supervisor. However, if the family has not been there, or similar support systems, what would have happened to that student, for example? Um, some students uh, maybe do not have the uh, resources to, to fly back or to uh, return again to the university. They might not have the uh, encouragement to return to the university and to take off their uh, PhD. It, 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 it requires a lot of, uh, of support. Uh, uh, on uh, a lot of uh, emotional support and, and practical support as well. So in this case, I'll, I'll provide some, some categories later, but here the professional support doesn't really make any difference. Uh, it doesn't tap into this. It's about emotional support and, and practical support. Uh, and then we could discuss, should that be provided by the university or how should the university or the supervisor at all relate to that? Um, Support from uh, informal support can also arise from within the disciplinary community. For example, this doctoral student says that uh, meeting this incredible group of researchers, and uh, none of them was uh, her supervisor, uh, suddenly made her care for her for her work um, because they uh, made it visible that the <coughs> PhD could actually be relevant for the wider societal context. It could actually be used in, in professional context and in professional domains. However, this did not come from the formalized support system. Um, so again, had this not happened, it could have happened in, in, in different other ways, but this form of um, extracurricular support uh, was really important for finding the belief and the, the, the faith in, in, in the uh, project. This is from another uh, part of the penumbra, uh, a, an academic friend, a translator, who says that uh, I decipher what the supervisor has written, I help them understand it, and sometimes I translate it. Uh, in this kind of uh, intercultural learning, uh, when students study in another uh, culture, language and country, the translator plays also a role of support 
helping not only in translating literally, but also in counseling, on, uh, counseling how to elaborate on specific concepts which are culture-related. Uh, so guardian supervisors can encourage using this kind of support also, implying that maybe supervisors or others that have a more mentoring role could advise doctoral students to, uh, to, um, uh, to contact um, an academic friend like this person uh, and maybe that also taps into the discussion about resources. You could say that there are a lot of resources already available, but maybe they should be used in a, in a new way or in a more creative way than, than before. You could also say uh, supervisors sometimes react to this um, more in a more hesitant manner because they say that these persons, they actually influence the student's understanding of the topic, and they're not qualified to do that. They do not have the... Uh, they cannot um, foresee the... Uh, disciplinary consequences of what they translate because they work as translators they are not um, they are not expert within the discipline so I would be hesitant in, in guiding my student to contact a translator because so and so that could be a, a quite typical supervisor um, reply to this so there definitely there are some ambiguities here Um, in a similar manner, uh, a guardian supervisor, which would mean an academic that hasn't been assigned to support the student or to supervise the student, but the student nevertheless uh, made contact to, uh, or uh, an academic that make, takes contact, make contact to the student and wants to help um, because uh, the, the, the academic is, uh, is, uh, is um, caring for the student or has an interest in the student in some way. But no work hours are, are allocated to the uh, guardian supervisor and maybe it's even not official within the department. There could be certain tensions within the department that would make a guardian supervisor be more uh, hesitant in uh, revealing that he or she is actually also supporting the student on the side. Uh, so here this guardian supervisor says that uh, um, I've been involved in negotiating between supervisors and students, sometimes simply helping def uh, decipher the supervisor's email or handwriting or explaining what might, be, uh, what, what might the supervisor mean in his uh, or her messages, uh, as well as bridging the culture gap or explaining the academic culture. So again we have a person um, so in, in, the, in the vicinity of the supervisor-student relation that actually influences the student's learning quite a lot, uh, but without being acknowledged and without being uh, also critically discussed if this should be allowed or not. Just again to point to the fact that we have a lot of different supporters uh, surrounding the uh, the student and the supervisor, it's, it's too simple to, to look at the supervisor and student as a one-to-one -one relationship that, that is the only uh, point of influence. Uh, this is entire culture or milieu uh, around the supervisor and student. Uh, so it's about culture, uh, milieu, environment, and this is also what I mean with the term ecology, that we have a lot of, uh, they are not connected as a whole, but we have a different forms of support that are from their own interest and their own motivating, they are supporting this, the student from different directions at the same time. So when it goes well, it sort of establishes an ecology, and when it doesn't go well, it, it may also um, uh, make the students uh, uh, more confused and start to doubt which should I actually listen to, which form of support is actually the right to follow here. Um, 
a bit more of the same. However, this one also says that uh, supervisors uh, or students might withheld, uh, withhold uh, information, uh, but they will tell their guardian supervisor about it because they don't dare to tell their supervisor about it, which could be interesting in itself. But this is tapped into the notion about trust. So if they really don't trust a supervisor, they will sometimes find someone else to, 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 seek, uh, to seek advice from, which will then influence the supervisor relationship, even though it's not aligned with the supervisor. And is that okay or, or not? So that's, uh, that's some points about the, uh, or some examples of the penumbra. I just have uh, two more slides um, that try to conceptualize it. Uh, and then I'll ask you to, uh, to fill in a little template that could maybe highlight how you see the penumbra activities being active in your own home institution. And then we could hear back from, from you and discuss whether or not uh, uh, something should be done with it or we should just leave it alone because when we, if we start to formalize it, we may ruin it. However, if we don't formalize it, we also let it be, we'll, uh, be serendipitous, 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 left to chance, and it would be random what happens or not, and some students would benefit from uh, guardian supervisors and some would not, and, and is that fair and so on. Uh, this is just um, all the studies that support this perspective. We know that professional support is very important and professional support is usually um, performed by, by uh, supervisors and that includes, it's also in other studies, it's, it's called informational support, uh, which includes uh, fear be, uh, feedback on the uh, different, um, of, on, on, uh, on the product uh, typically, um, um, or the, what, what's uh, more um, uh, part of the PhD in an official way, maybe as I sense that you were talking about feedback, it would usually, usually be uh, on the product or something related to the, to the research. Uh, so professional support, informational uh, support is about feedback on the research uh, project. And this can also be carried out by, by peers in peer groups and so on. So we know that this is very important in many different ways. And that's good and that's fine and it, it shouldn't be changed. However, we also know from, uh, this is actually a, also from a comparative study, uh, the, um, this study right here, uh, comparing uh, Finnish universities and Danish universities. And the students at, um, in both countries also point out what may be surprising sometimes to supervisors, the importance of practical support and emotional support, how really important it is for them besides the professional support. So practical support, sometimes it's called instrumental support or tangible support. It includes uh, resources, for example, uh, funding for the research, uh, site visits, equipment, financial support. Uh, so it's some somewhat linked to one of the examples with the students traveling back and forth. Uh, it could be about time, helping students organizing their time, balancing study time with their work, hobbies, private life, project planning, and so on. Um, it could be about space. Uh, do they actually have the right facilities available? Do they have an office space? Are they welcomed at the institution? Or do we expect them to go to the cafe and write? Or do they actually have a place to write and a place to just be uh, and to feel at home uh, within a university? Um, sometimes when I show these uh, queries to supervisors, they say, this is, this is all good and fine, it's just it has nothing to do with me because this sort of it goes beyond my responsibility. There must be someone, obviously, uh, of course, taking care of this. It's just not me. Um, but we see many students that no one, there's, there's not necessarily anyone taking uh, responsibi responsibility for that job of providing practical support. 
The same with emotional support, uh, making sure that students can actually move into a trust uh, relationship of trust. Sometimes we expect students to just know how to trust somebody or know how to engage in dialogue. Um, doctoral supervision is a very advanced form of teaching. Using, using the dialogue as a form of teaching is quite advanced. Academics are used to it because they do it all the time. Uh, we do it in a, in a way right now, we do it at conferences and, and, and so on. But for a doctoral student, it, it's not easy to use a dialogue and be in a dialogue and to learn, be, in a, be part of a learning dialogue. However, it's not often seen as, as part of the supervisor's responsibilities to teach students how to actually speak to them and how to establish a, a, a relationship of, of trust. Um, you could consider if, uh, if it's fair that it should just uh, magically um, emerge uh, from uh, as a sort of a, a power in itself that when you become a PhD student, you become able to, tr to, to trust and to move into it and so on and so forth. You get the point. Just to say that students point out these two uh, forms of support that relates to some of the penumbra uh, support systems and activities I just showed you before, uh, which is not included in the professional support actually provided by graduate schools and, and supervisors. So that puts us in a position where we need to discuss at least as researchers and developers and supervisors what we should do with those two forms of support. Should we just leave them to chance and see, hope that it will there would be peer groups uh, or they will um, international students would find a way into learning the language. It can't, we can't really be bothered. Someone else needs to take care of that and so on. Or should we engage more uh, wholeheartedly in uh, how to form pedagogies around these uh, needs for support as well? So the last slide, uh, I had tried to put a pedagogical uh, concept on these different forms of support. And the first one we all know, it's called supervision and relates to the disciplinary community and the uh, expertise of the supervisor and the responsibilities about uh, train the critical thinking, the knowledge creation, research method, and so on and so forth. So that's one, one pedagogy that we actually do take responsibility for and that, that is active. There are three other concepts that I brought along here that we haven't uh, necessarily professionalized that much. This one is called sponsorship. Uh, it's a form of intellectual leadership, someone within the institution that is the champion of the PhD student that goes to the department head again and again and say, we, I need some funding for the student because he or she needs to go on this research visit, for example, or research day, or he needs to go to, and so on, he needs to do this uh, or that. It is about ensuring the right facilities that the student actually gets paid if it's a, a scholarship um, to ensure that there is an office space, that, there is, um, uh, that the student can come into contact with, with the right networks and so on. This is done by some supervisors. It's not done by others. Some supervisors see it as a natural responsibility. Some don't. Everybody provides that form of, of, of support. Some provide the other form of support, but it's more random and it varies a great deal across different supervisors. Also, uh, going back to uh, Anne Lee's uh, template, where you have, I like the very much that you have this relationship dimension where the element of, of friendship, as you also mentioned, uh, Kay, or it was mentioned early on, many supervisors would say in, in uh, Anne's template, I would, I would be here in the um, uh, functional inculturation. I don't know if you know the template, but uh, the point is that some supervisors would be in the more mentoring, coaching, 
relational dimensions, and some would be definitely more in the uh, in, in the uh, more uh, head-on uh, disciplinary ones. But it varies a great deal, and it is allowed to uh, for supervisors to to vary the ideas of what doctoral supervision is. Last two mentoring. Um, to help students cope with uh, the complexity of a changing organization, to make the right choices, to plan their career also, what to do with the PhD afterwards. So the, the mentor works as the um, sort of a moral compass to the student and help the student uh, make informed decisions. Um, and it's more, or typically it's more value-based. It's not uh, specifically on the research project, it's about how to become an academic or how to get a certain job or how to move in a certain direction with your, uh, as a professional uh, within a workplace. And the coaching pedagogy is the last one here, um, which is more related to the personal life world of the students, relates to, some, to existential dimensions where the uh, person is foregrounded and the uh, disciplinary uh, dimension is definitely <coughs> foregrounded. Uh, so it's about finding work-life balance, for example, uh, how to acknowledge and rely on different support systems for different needs and, uh, and, and so on. So it's a different form of pedagogy. So we have these three pedagogical concepts that, that could match some of the penumbra uh, activities, uh, but it's, it's very um, different how these are integrated into uh, graduate school context or not. Right, so now I'll um, set you to work a little bit if we have time. Uh, five minutes, perhaps. Is that okay, Martin? Yes. Great. So uh, I'll just give you this uh, template and ask you to fill in which forms of uh, support that you that you are aware of. Um, uh, I got one template with uh, with empty boxes, and then I got uh, a template with some suggestions, so you could look at it, and, and maybe that could be a, a form of inspiration. But try to fill in at least uh, one in every. Um, if you can, in every concept, to see what forms of support are actually going on in, in your uh, departments or your home institutions, and, and then we could also hear what you what you think about this. If if you if you think that, um, for example, more practical emotional support should be brought into the uh, maybe the responsibilities of the supervisors and graduate schools. These are the, the empty.